We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing to you first on my right, fighting out of the red corner, wearing white trunks with gold trim, fighting out of Los Angeles by way of Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. He weighed in at 125 and three quarter pounds, his record 31 wins, two losses and one draw with 15 wins coming by way of knockout tonight in his 11th world title appearance. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the sensational three-weight division champion of the world, introducing Abner Mares. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by Abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. They will chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ, also being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and in Spanish out on Wednesdays. On the Hook on Blue Wires Network. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a Detroit Lions victory. We'll talk about Detroit Lions victory versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to have our Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week all in episode 133 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 133 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Pepsi. I am your host Tyler, joined by my two guys as always, Malcolm and Pierre. And I can ask you guys, 
How's you guys' day going after this nice victory Monday? Ooh, I can't I can't ooh, man, my voice is gone, bro. Yeah, hey, I was right about the last episode. Nakamasa's voice. I can't I can't even woo, man. Really, hold on. Let me try me try me try. Hold on. Woo! <laughs> this is embarrassing. This Let me try one more time, one more time. Right. Woo! <laughs> I give up. I give up. All right. But I'm, all I'm right. happy as hell. There you go. All right. Uh so Malcolm, first of all, before uh I ask how your day is going, how was the game yesterday? Man, it was it was nice, man. It was it was fun. Um, I got to meet some really cool people. I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know Lions Main. Um, I got to meet him and his crew, and the, the, those guys are a lot of fun, man. So I had a good time. You know, the Lions also won, so that's also a plus. So that you know stands my streak to four and zero, to Lions victories. You know, ten games. So yeah, man, I had a blast, man. Um, it was a really good game. Yeah, and before we get into this game, I mean, Lions, I know you guys are listening, because every time we speak out on a game plan, you guys are obviously listening. So, Lions, we know you're listening. Malcolm just said his record is 4-0, right? So, when fans are allowed at Ford Field, I want you guys to go in Malcolm's inbox and invite him to a season ticket plan, because this guy's 4-0 when he attends Lions <laughs> game. So, there's something happening every time he goes to a game. So, Lions, if you're listening, I know you guys are listening. Send my man Malcolm to get some my man Malcolm some season tickets or something. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I guess maybe maybe I'm like a good luck charm. I guess I don't know, dude. Because even even because you even ended my streak because I had a losing streak and you know yeah. I went I went to two games without you last year. I went to the Chargers game with you. We won. I went to two games after without you and we lost both games. The Vikings <laughs> game, and the Packers game. We lost both games. So. And you know what? It, what's interesting? Um, the last game, not not the last game, because the last game before this was a Chargers game, but before that. In 2018, um, I went to the Dolphin game, and mm-hmm. it was crazy because Carrion broke with for that 77-yard run during that game. Mm-hmm. And look here, like we have a game with um, Swift breaking out for 55. So, you know, yeah. I got I got to see two breakout runs, so that was pretty cool. And the rookie years too. Yeah, in the rookie years. Both second round picks, so that's interesting. Um, okay, uh, so Pierre, I didn't even get to ask how you doing, man. <laughs> I'm pretty good, man. Um, I thought it was going to be a closer game, but the Lions actually took advantage of the Jaguars. Um, they even ex- like they even took advantage of some of the Jaguars' strengths, which was pressure. We'll yeah, get into no. that into the podcast, but I'm doing well, man. I agree, man. Um, so, yeah, let's get straight into this game. And kind of like you mentioned, man, I mean, this game was different. Like, you were watching this game, and you almost felt like you weren't watching a Lions game because the Lions were strong all four quarters. Like, the only, like, maybe one time you felt like you were watching the Lions game was, like, the start of the second half and Stafford threw the interception of Joe Schobert. That was, like, the moment where you were like, oh, is this going to happen again? Are we going to do this again? Are we going to blow a lead? It ended up, not, uh, ended up not mattering at all. The Lions won this game 34-16, and honestly, the score just, I mean, that's a blowout score as itself, but the score doesn't even indicate how the game went. I thought the Lions just played a, a flawless game, all three phases, you know, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, it was just a very well played by the very played. Oh my God. Let me repeat that. A very well played game by the Detroit Lions um, coming off the bye week versus a very sucky Jacksonville Jaguars team. So, yeah. Uh, start off with uh, Pierre, man. So, you know, what, what impressed you about this game? I'll get into the offense. One thing that's really impressed me throughout the entire year is the offensive line. And a lot of credit goes to Hank Frill. You know, Taylor Decker is having his best year this year. Uh, Frank Ragnow is Frank Ragnow. We know who he is. Tyrell Crosby is having his best year. 
Jonah Jackson doesn't look like a rookie out there, you know? And Big P was a little shaky the first game, but he's starting to show why the Lions gave him that money. So a lot of credit goes to Hank Fraley. Also, Matt Nelson. I mean, the, the credit to the guy, right? He was a defensive end in college. Last year was his first time playing, second year playing offense. That guy, I mean, just I've been impressed with him. I thought, like, I thought maybe like he'd struggle just because we've never really seen him play, but it didn't even look like he missed a beat when he was out there. No, so yeah. I was impressed with the O-line. Um, yeah, the Lions actually dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball, and we talk about that. You win football game in the trenches, and they did that yesterday. Yeah, more a little bit on Matt Nelson. Yeah, that was a, a surprise, you know, a guy that, you know, has had very limited, you know, action in the NFL. I believe that's his first game ever in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it is. Was getting multiple snaps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's gotten snaps this year. You know, in some you know packages, some formations. But like, you know, and you know, multiple strings of plays. You know, he was the starting right tackle when Terrell Crosby and you know Big V both got sent to the locker room for uh, dehydration. So, I mean, it even felt like we lost a step, and it didn't really matter who was on the offensive line. I mean, we you know kept. Stafford clean. I mean, Stafford had a clean pocket all game. You know, you want to give credit to the Lions offensive line. Fair. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line blows, especially without Josh Allen. So I think it worked both ways. But, I mean, yeah, credit to the Detroit Lions offensive line, man. They didn't lose a beat, even with all the shuffling pieces they had, you know, all game. You know, they did the rotation of guards at one point. You know, I believe, like, every offensive lineman that was activated on game day at least got a snap in this game because even Odeabushi played. Joe Dahl wasn't even an initial starter. He played. So every offensive lineman that was activated in this game ended up playing. So, yeah, and then the Lions never lost a beat. Stafford never got sacked and, you know, for the most part, had a clean pocket all game. So, yeah, and obviously the running game. The running game took off this week. So, um, yeah, big kudos to the Lions offensive line. Malcolm, what impressed you about this Lions offense? I mean, you guys hit it. The offensive line impressed me, impressed me the most, man, because the way they're able to make those rushing lanes and made this made it look easy, you know, made it easy for Swift, made it easy for Peterson. You know, they just had to find a hole and just break through it. I mean, Stafford, he played solid, and you know, I do think he could have played a little bit better, but he played a he played a, he played a really good game. I mean, seeing it live, like there's some passes like, oh, you know, like he he should have made, you know, but overall, he he had a solid game backs they played solid old line played solid it was a complete game i mean i just wish we had seen more from hawk yeah so um i want to ask this question to you guys now so um you mentioned you want to see more pockets and so what what was your guys's you know thoughts on daryl bevel's game plan going to this week i'll start off with pierre um it was obviously run the ball and they, they did a good job running the ball they controlled the tempo then after once they ran they basically did whatever they wanted i kind of do wish though hawk would get more involved and uh one thing I do, I'm noticing with our, the Lions wide receivers is they are really having trouble separating. Like, they are probably dead last in separation, Kenny and Marv. Marv has looked a step slower this year, and Kenny Galladay, obviously, is Kenny Galladay. You throw the ball up, he'll get it. So I wish kind of like they incorporate Hawk more, maybe give some of Marvin's, like, receptions to Hawkinson. Maybe make Hawk your number two instead of Marv your number two. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Um... Nothing against Marv. He's getting old, you know? Yeah. They they gave a dying pass to Hawkinson. I mean, I think Malcolm had a beautiful view of this. It was that one wheel route where Hawkinson had a beautiful, like, I mean, it was a beautiful play. Beautiful call by Joe Bevel. Just a drop pass. But, I mean, the setup of the play was beautiful right. itself. And you want to see more of that, you know, with TJ Hawkinson especially. But, 
I don't know, man. Um, overall, like I thought it was a little different. We saw DeAndre Swift actually running the ball, which was nice. You know, that was really nice. That, that was something that you know we mentioned, and even when we had Glover Quinn, you know, he said him just watching the Lions' offense was so predictable. He knew when AP was in the game, it was either a run or a play action. When DeAndre Swift's in the game, it's probably a pass. When Carrion Johnson's in the game. You know, it's 50 50. can go either way. He's either in there for pass protection or, you know, maybe you hand the ball off to him. It was nice to see this week where we got our second overall pick or second round pick involved in the game and running the ball. And he looked good. I mean, he showed that nice burst. He was finding the holes. I mean, he looked really good. I mean, nothing against Adrian Peterson. He was finding those holes as well. But DeAndre Swift's burst is just so much more different. You're going to get so much more yards with that burst instead of Adrian Peterson, right. especially at the age and, you know, where they are at their point of their career. So, you know, this is something the Lions, I think, need to make a more of a focal point in their offense, and that's DeAndre Swift running the ball. I mean, he showed he could do it. I mean, we mentioned this Jacksonville defensive line is not good. You could run the ball against them. But, I mean, this kid has shown you why – we took him second round. I mean, he's special. You got to use him more in the offense and make him more of a focal point in the offense. So I would like to see that, you know, that trend continue in the, you know, rest of the way. And, you know, it was nice. It was, it was different. You know, he, right. he was used in so many different ways. It was nice. Um, you know, I got some of my shotgun runs that I expected this week. He ran, you know, behind the line. I mean, it was, it was a good week for him. He, he was, he was great. And, um, you know, Stafford got another hundred yard rusher. It's his twelfth hundred yard rusher in his twelfth year. And Were they eleven and one when that happened? Ten and two. Ten and two. Ten and two. Okay. Yeah. So that's so embarrassing. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like like you said, Tyler, like you just brought up the Adrian Peterson and Swift thing. So Swift had fourteen carries for one hundred sixteen yards, eight point three average, and then Adrian Peterson had fifteen carries but only forty yards. He only averaged two point seven a carry. Mm-hmm. So you see the difference in them. Um, then obviously, Carrion only had four carries for nine yards. He averaged 2.3. So you see the difference between Swift and AP. I think what they should do is use AP kind of in their short uh, yardage situations or in the red zone. Like you're on the one yard, you give it to AP. You're third and one or whatever, second and one, give it to AP, right? Mm-hmm. But in general, I think Swift should be the number one back going forward because he could catch, he could receive. And he's actually a good blocker, too, for a rookie. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think DeAndre Swift this week just he needs to be the main running back at this point. I think he's proven it. Um and you know, what was the one thing we said in the draft, you know, that was made him so much more valuable than maybe like a Jonathan Taylor or a uh or JK Dobbins was he's the wear personal. and tear. Oh, that too. Versatility. Oh, yeah. Both. Yep. And, and the wear. He's got the wear. You know, he didn't yep. get worn out at Georgia like a guy like Jonathan Taylor at uh, Wisconsin or a guy like JK Dobbins at Ohio State. Let's search to use that wear and tear on our rookie, man. I mean, you know, he, he's got some now, you know. This is why we took him at 35, you know, rather than those other backs. So um, I think he's definitely taking the 1A running back spot. And this got to be the trend going, you know, for multiple weeks. But, Malcolm, I want to get you more involved now. This is your guy. You were excited when we drafted this guy. What do you think about DeAndre Swift? I definitely think, you know, they're eventually going to make him that vocal point. And I'm, and I'm hoping – I'm hoping it starts next week that he's you know the starting back and getting the bulk of the carries. But what the Lions are doing is that they're getting like a test. They're trying to see is you know what is what's his strength and what's his weaknesses. You know, like last week. I mean, last week, this week, we you know we saw Swift get goal line carries. Yeah, yeah, he, he was getting carries on the goal line. Like he took some goal line carries from AP. 
So I think they're just trying to see, you know, if he can do it all. And I, I personally think he can. I think he can be that guy, you know. So I just want to see how they use him going forward, man. He's definitely proven to everybody that he's the best back on the roster. Yeah. Right. So, I, I thought it was kind of funny how you mentioned that he got the goal line uh, touchdown. I feel like they're trying to reward him. I mean, he got that big run. He, he needed to he finish did. off the drop. He had to finish off the drive. He, 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 he did. <laughs> yeah. He did. Another thing I thought was pretty funny, Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it was when we were in the red zone and Malcolm was actually texting us in, in Jacksonville. He was saying, man, Stafford still hasn't got that passing touchdown versus Jacksonville. Is he going to get it? Did you see how hard they try to, you know, they try yeah. to make Stafford yeah, they try throw to that get ball? In the goal yeah. line. Yo, yeah. and, and it's funny because the dude next to me, he was like, yo, what the hell? He was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Just run. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, you know what? You know, I get you. But what they're trying to do right now, they're trying to get Stafford that touchdown. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care about the Stafford getting touchdown. I just want to score. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm with you. I, want, I, want, I just want to score too, man. But they were trying hard and they actually got it. Four straight passes in the, in the Four straight the passes. Line. Yeah, that was that was wild to me. It was like so obvious that they wanted to get Stafford for that passing touchdown, and it just looked like it was not going to happen. I mean, we even got our own pass breakup from our own guy, Jason Cabinda. Did you guys yeah. see that? Yeah, that's just poor. I, I don't know if Cabinda screwed up, or that's just probably a poor design by Bevel. You don't want to put two receivers in the same area. It's just not like I don't know, man. Cabinda, they're, they're, not, they're not supposed to be there. Two receivers yeah. not supposed to be in the same. You think area. Cabinda fucked up? It looked like Cabindo. It looked like he was playing. He thought he was playing defense again. He thought he was linebacker or something like that. <laughs> he just put hands up because like a bad breakup. Yeah, I mean, it's good they went to Hawk though in the red zone. I just feel like he he needs more carries. He only had five targets. Not, I'm not carries targets. He only had five targets. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about. It's kind of like an issue becoming an issue every week. Are the drops? Yeah, the Lions yes. receivers have had a lot of drops. And that's could be like a small reason why Stafford's numbers are a little lower, but I mean, the drops are starting to become an issue. I don't know what's going on. Hawkinson had a drop. I believe Marvin Hall had a drop. Kenny Galladay had a drop. Kenny, oh yeah, Kenny G had that was, right, that right. was, a, it was a wide was open pass. Right. Yeah, right, right. He was wide open. Right yeah, so they got to clean up these drops. Um, I don't know. Just go after practice and work with that machine. Forgot what they call it, but just work with that machine. You know. The jug machine? The jug machine, yeah. They didn't give him my dog, Ebron. He'll teach him. He'll teach him the right way. He probably Mm -hmm. knows where it is in the the whole Allen Park facility. He could probably locate it and everything, pull it out for you. He knows that thing by heart by now. (laughs) Yeah, the drops are starting to become like an issue. Because, look, you played a bad Jacksonville team. You know, when you play good teams, you can't have these drops. Um, You just can't. You got to take advantage of every opportunity you have. And you can't have these easy like first down drops or easy like drops it's just not good yeah and uh to further your point i think we were playing a very bad jacksonville team in general and i i thought the offensive game plan was still like i know we scored and i know we got deandre swift involved in the running game which was great but like i still felt like we could have went other ways with this offensive game plan i don't know why it still felt like it was a little predictable at some points it was still run run pass but the run game was just so good you just didn't even notice it um I think when we play better teams, you know, you can't like this offensive game plan might not work. I don't know. That's just me personally. Did you guys, you know, think that way at any point in this game? Like, yeah. I thought at some point that the Lions could maybe score even more points. Yeah, I mean, there was a drive that um Trey Flowers, uh, Trey Flowers got the fumble. Yep. And we got the ball like on their forty. Yep. That should have been that should have been another points right there, but you know, a penalty and. Some other stuff, you know, calls it not to. So, yeah, we definitely could have put up more points. Um, 
I, I mean, like, I agree with the more points thing, but the run game, I mean, bro, they had 39 carries for 180 yards, they averaged 4.6, and they had three rushing touchdowns with their longest of 54. So, yeah, I wish you passed some more, but the running game was working, so why don't you just stick with what's working, you know? I do agree, yeah. though, the run-run pass is getting out of hand. That That's, I mean, you're just putting Stafford in a bad, I think that's the play where they were like, isn't the third and long the one where Schobert kind of like knocked it and picked it off? Was that a third it, it, long it was, play? It was, about, it was about like third and 10 or third and nine. Yeah, it was a run-run pass. And I tweeted something about Bevel has to do a better job because, like, I mean, Stafford has to throw a better, obviously, but you can't do much about it to pass. You just have to throw a little higher. But you kind of have to um, not be predictable. You can't put your quarterback in a situation where the team knows it's a pass. You know, you got to, like, do, like, the try to get, like, third and shorts or convert on second down, you know. Um, you can't do, like, the third and long. Yep. Right. One thing I do want to say, though, with Kenny Galladay, he had a couple of PI penalties. Like, he had 105 yards, but he probably could have had more. You know, Galladay, he's he's starting to show up for this Lions team. So it's good to see that. He's healthy. He's running. That's yeah. a positive. So, yeah. You see his IG post, Kenny Galladay? Yeah, pay the man, right? He wants to get paid. I'm personally, I think what Bob Quinn is going to do, probably just or whoever is at GM next year, Maybe just tag him and then see how he plays and then or tag and trade him because you want to give twenty million to a wide receiver who doesn't separate. You know, every team values wide receivers differently and they come from the Patriots and I don't think the Patriots have ever paid a wide receiver a lot of money. Then you also look at Super Bowl teams, teams that have won the Super Bowl, how many of them have had a really high like uh high paid wide receiver? So that's another thing. I'm just putting this out there. I mean, I think they should pay him, but I could see why they haven't paid him yet. Yeah, I mean, the situation's a little weird. I think he's definitely a difference maker, though. I mean, I mean, just look at the first two weeks compared to the last uh, four games or yeah, three games since he's been there. I mean, I mean, the offense is definitely a lot better with him. That's not even a question, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I pay him, but, you know, they come, like, from the Patriot way and all that stuff. So maybe, like, they, they think differently of wide receivers. It's just Patriots have never paid wide receivers a lot of money. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll break down the Detroit Lions defense. And then I want to ask you guys a question that I think is very interesting. And I want to see what you guys answer to it. So we'll be right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there is no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides you powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely results in higher, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed's going to give you the important hire you need. Just like they have over the 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire.
thanks to the natural athleticism or commitment or or bearing sports parents fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football but instead of entering the nfl they join another league the league of football watchers this football season will be different and pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch whether you're in your basement watching the detroit lions in your lions man cave or if you're deciding to crash your neighbor's house who's an arch rival of your favorite team. Why are you here, big dog? We don't even like the same team. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through the day through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who plays the game, it's made for who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Alright guys, we are back to now talk about the Detroit Lions defense in this, in this game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I told you guys I have a question. I'm going to wait for that question, but let's talk about this Lions defense first. The Lions defense, man, it looked good. It looked good. I mean, you know, they caused turnovers again this week, and they stopped the run, which was very big. Yeah. Uh, something that they proved that they couldn't do, you know, all year, especially in the Saints game. And they made it a real focal point to stop the run. They blitzed, went to more zone. I mean, it was – it almost looked like a completely new defense out there. I want to start off with Malcolm. Um what did you see from this Detroit Lions defense? I saw a completely different team out there. I mean, the way they played, they were actually getting pressure on the quarterback. They were actually stopping the run. And a guy who I mentioned in the last episode, man, and I noticed this, this is a little small thing, like, and it's John Penasini, man. And I think that he's he was huge. Absolutely. In, in, this, in this stopping the run as well. You know, he was able to plug the gaps. Um, Danny Shelton did a great job plugging the gaps. And then Trey Flowers was a complete animal out there um yes um yesterday so that that whole front the front seven played really 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 well and um another thing our secondary played well too yeah well there's one guy in the front seven that didn't play very well (laughs) you know Um, (laughs) but yeah i was gonna say i want to give a big shout out to um amanya warrior for a whole bunch of pbus he did a he did a really 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 great job out there and this is this is something that i you know that I was waiting for. You know, I had a feeling that this team wasn't the team that we saw. You know, that I knew that the first few weeks, you know, it could be a filling out period or it could be the team. Who knows? But I had a feeling that this wasn't the squad. So I, I do believe that this is something that they could possibly take and 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 you know trend from it going forward, and you know build off this defense. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. A lot of guys on this defense stepped up. Uh, guys like Tracy Walker played really well. Guys like Deron Harmon played really well. You mentioned Amani Awari. He played really well. Trey Flowers was an animal out there, like you mentioned. I mean, they tried testing running on him. I mean, if there's one thing Trey Flowers has been really good at and really consistent at in his two years in Detroit, it's been stopping the run. If you run on him, he's going to stop it most likely. I mean, he can contain the edge. They call it setting the edge. Trey Flowers sets the edge at a high level. So Absolutely. And he, he did it again this week. So, you know, people, you know, dog on him for his pass rush ability. Very fair. And I'll give it to you. But if there's one thing you could say, Trey Flowers has been very consistent since been you know, being in Detroit, that's stopping the run, like I mentioned. And he sets the edge. So um, yeah, he he was he was really good out there. I thought even Christian Jones and his limited snaps is pretty good out there setting the edge. I mean, they they tried running on the edges a lot, and I don't believe like any of them broke out for anything like more than five or six yards. I mean, there wasn't very many runs that broke out. I mean, James Robinson, who's had a very good year, the Lions, you know, 
essentially eliminated him in this game. I mean, he, I mean, he was quiet. I mean, he got the touchdown very late in the game. The you know the passing touchdown. I mean, you could call it garbage time, which essentially was garbage time. Um, it, was gar- you know, it was garbage time. Yeah, it was garbage time. So I mean, they eliminated him. I mean, they they made it a priority to stop the run. And, you know, when Minshew was passing, you know, they made him uncomfortable. And we mentioned in the, our preview that this offensive line is, you know, not some scrubs. They're, they're a solid offensive line. They'll give you uh, time to pass the ball. But the Lions saw did something very different, something that we haven't probably seen in the three years of Matt Patricia, and that was blitzing. And blitzing consistently and different type of blitzes. I mean, it was nice, man. It was it was different. It wasn't predictable. And I think this might be the first game, maybe not the first game, for definitely the first game this year where the Lions played more zone coverage than man coverage. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, they only played 39% man, and I believe the rest was zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that has to do with, you know, towards the end of the game, you know, in the fourth quarter, they were up so big that they're just playing to prevent defense, you know, not letting anything go behind them and just, you know, having everything in front of them. But, yeah, in general, I mean that's a that's a drastic change for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was it was nice to see. It was nice to see something different. What about you guys? Just picking up on your blitzing real quick. Um, I just want to just real quick, man. Minshew has really good feet. I just wanted to point that out because he does. We only sacked him. I believe we only sacked him once, right? Yeah, it was the strip. That, the that was one. yeah. That was like almost any other quarterback, like pocket pocket quarterback. We would have got at least five or six sacks in that game. Like, there was times that, you know, we had a free rusher right at him. And he just was able to step out the way and move and, you know, extend the play. I know there was one play that, you know, we damn near had him. And then he kind of shuffled it to Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then they, he got, like, maybe, like, three or four yards. And then, you know, Tracy Walker hit him, hit him out of bounds. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. He has really good feet, man. But that just show you, if that was almost any other quarterback, they would have got sacked at least five or six times that game. That's yeah. how good. That's how good that defense was looking yesterday. I mean, y- yesterday, yeah, yesterday. That's how yeah, good that defense was looking. <laughs> that's how good I that mean, defense was looking. But what about you, Pierre? Yeah. So you guys hit it right on the nail. The, the my biggest concern going to the game was James Robinson. Um, just because, like, you know, every team that we've played with a good back has destroyed us, and they held him in check. He had where is it right here. He had 12 carries for 29 yards, averaged 2.4 yards a carry. Only his longest run was eight. eight. Eight yards was his longest run. So that's huge. The Lions have been giving up big running plays. You know, Alvin Kamara had one. Aaron Jones had one. Played, but that, that's just huge. And then you, you look at, as a team, they only gave up six, 44 yards on the ground, uh, 2.8 yards average and obviously the one touchdown Minshew destroyed Tavai, but we'll, I mean that's just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Malcolm brought up Amani Awari. I want to get more into that. Or was it Tyler? I don't know who brought it up. Malcolm. You guys did? Yeah, so Amani was targeted 10 times. He only allowed two receptions for 10 yards and he had three pass breakups. So we, we might have a budding star in this kid. Uh, he's looked better every week. He wasn't playing against like a Shitty receivers going against DJ Chark. Chark is a fast physical receiver. Um, another challenge this week, though, right? Julio Jones. We'll see. What, that's 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 a whole that's other a, challenge. That's, that's right? a different animal. That's a different animal. That's a different animal right there. But I mean, Chark himself, he's a solid receiver. Uh, he was hurt, but I mean, he's still pretty good. Uh, 
Yeah. Just another one thing that kind of concerns me, though, going forward is Keelan Cole in the slot destroyed us. Absolutely destroyed us. Um, six receptions for 143 yards. That, that needs to get cleaned up. Hopefully Coleman coming back soon. That'll help. Uh, that, that's a concern because, you know, you got Ridley and Jones and then Russell Gage coming into town. Those That's a really good trio right there. So you got to stop. That kid Clark, he should have had another one. He had a, he had a or drop. Keelan Cole. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, there was dropped. I was just wide open. Are you talking about the wide open? It, it was, it was deep. It was like a deep ball, and it went like right through Robinson, and then it hit, it hit him right in his hands, and then there, there, there was that one play. It was in the end zone where Minchie overthrew him, and where Akuda slipped. That, play. that, that was, that was Keelan Cole as well. I mean, that could have been a touchdown easily as well. Keelan yeah. Cole, you know, beat Jeff Akuda. And uh, it was just overthrown, and even Akuda slipped on the play. So, yeah, um, want to bring one more thing up regarding the defense. Like you guys said, they blitz line. and I was so shocked. And maybe like maybe they'll start to do this more. You know, this that's what the Steelers do. That's what makes the Steelers a great defense. They're number one defense right now because they blitz a lot. They give, they give you different looks. They're not predictable. I just want to say something that Tim Twentyman said. Um, the Lions were credited with 21 pressures and 16 hurries against the Jacks per PFF. They hadn't had more than nine pressures or seven hurries in their previous three contests. That's crazy. 21 pressures in one game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they found different ways to blitz, too. You know, it was unpredictable times, too, especially with Detroit. Like, you know, if you're game plan against Detroit, you're not expecting to blitz, you know, that often. So that definitely caught, right. you know, Jacksonville yeah, off guard. Got them off guard for real. And it does seem like they're starting to go with two linebackers now instead of the traditional 3-3-5. Three, three, they're playing more of Ragland and Collins and kind of using more of their safeties. Um, I noticed that yesterday. Plus, when the when the snap count thing came out, Davis only had like 11 snaps. And he was really good, but he only had 11 snaps. Um, and then Kristen Jones and Tavai, I think, combined for only 35 snaps or something like that, was it? I forgot the exact number, but they didn't play a lot. Um, Curse played some. Walker and Harmon played a lot. Will Harris only had one snap. One. Are the Lions listening to us? <laughs> one snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tells you about Harris and Davis and Tavai. And, I mean, I think Tavai saw the field a little bit too much still. <laughs> I mean, he, he looks bad every time he's out there, man. He just looks lost. Maybe Davis in like a specific role. He'll be good in that specific role. Give him like 10 to 15 snaps a game and just have him play one role, not think a lot, and just play. I agree, man. I mean, he looked good in those limited snaps. I think if he's okay with, you know, being like a fifth or sixth linebacker on the roster, I mean, that's a that's a solid fifth or sixth linebacker on the roster, definitely. Jared Davis. I mean, sure. I mean, we were referring to him like as like a starter before, and that's like when you're like, uh, you don't want Jared Davis out there. But when you have him as like a fifth option at linebacker, no, I mean that's a that's a solid option. And you know, maybe this is a role he could thrive in. You know, like you mentioned, he's not overthinking, you know, like other situations when he's starting. And he's just playing sideline to sideline. He's doing his job. He did a good job yesterday. One in his limited yeah. snaps, obviously. Yeah, and it did seem like the Lions maybe did simplify their defense. The linebackers weren't as confused. They were running to their gaps. They were making tackles in the running game. Um, they didn't give up nothing big. Like I said, nine yards was their longest run. So it seems like. Maybe they should just do this moving forward, you know? Uh, don't play man 80% of the time. Mix it up with man, zone, bring some blitzes here and there. Uh, just, I liked it. I loved the game plan. 
I was actually shocked at how much they blitzed, to be honest. Maybe it was a little of London, because that's what Philly did a lot last year. They blitzed a lot. So who knows? Um, but just credit to them. You know, we've been criticizing this coaching staff a lot. Just credit to them for coming out, looking in the mirror, saying they need to adjust, and they finally did. Now let's see if they could keep this up, though. That's the biggest question you have. You know, you could look good in one game or two, but you have to be consistent. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think anybody's just, you know, buying back in and saying, oh, this team is fixed after this one performance. I don't think anybody's doing that right now. Um, there's still a lot to be, you know, said. You know, a lot of games to be said. And, you know, how could they build off this now? That's the big question. I said that after Arizona. That was, like, the first thing after they beat Arizona. How do you, re- how do you respond to this now? You, you've played a good game. How do you respond now? You played a very sucky team in Jacksonville, but you played what was ahead for you. You played what, you know, was handed to you. I mean, you just played your schedule, whatever. Now, how do you respond? You know, now you play Atlanta. Could you do this again? Then, you know, you look further down the schedule. Could you keep doing this? I mean, how do you respond to this? And, you know, let's see. I mean, I don't think anybody should be satisfied yet. I mean, this is a big wait and see right now. I mean, they proved that they could do this, you know, every here and there. Now they got to prove to that that they could do this consistently. They haven't Absolutely. done that yet. Could they do it now? Let's see. I'm not, you know, jumping sit, you know, soon and say, yes, we're fixed. The lines are back. We're going to the Super Bowl. No, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's just see what they can do now. Um, you know, Take it week by week. Yeah, I mean, look look at when they played Arizona. They looked very good in Arizona. Then. All went back to normal after the Saints game. You know, and then we had a bye week. We look good again. Let's see what happens. Let's see how they respond. Let's see how they respond to the adversity. So um, that's going to be very interesting to me. Oh, man. Um, you know, at least it's exciting now. You know, now we're sitting at two and three, and we're looking forward to games again. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're excited. You know, like I mentioned, we're not at the cider mill. We're, we're back on our couches. We're excited <laughs> to be watching Lions football again. So... Let's just see how they respond, man. That's you know that's my biggest takeaway. Y'all excited because you know like, these games are winnable. That's why you you guys are excited now. I told you these are all winnable games last week. I gotta see. I'm not. I'm not saying that yet. I'm just, I got. I gotta see it. They're winnable I gotta games. See. It, it, even if they even if they lose, they're, they're, all these games are still winnable games. Every week's a winnable game in the NFL, in my opinion. But I mean, I mean, last week you you were talking about we had no chance. You were talking about us winning three three or four more games. Yeah, I mean, I can still see that happening. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced yet. I'm really not convinced yet. Yeah, like, with Pam Patricia, like, he's proven he's had great game plans, but he just kind of goes back to his old ways. So we need to see improvement. Maybe he's, like, coaching for his job every week, right? We saw, like, a different sense of urgency. We've never seen since, like, Matt Patricia has been here, have never seen as many blitzes as he dialed uh, yeah. yesterday. That, was, that was crazy. I was so shocked. I was like... What the hell? Are the Lions actually playing right now? Or is this a different team I'm watching? Like, what's going yeah. on? No, it, it didn't seem like the... It never felt like you were watching the Lions at, the, you know, this game. It really didn't. Yeah, very rarely um, did they, like, not... There was, like, a couple of plays where Minshew had time, but that, that's going to happen in the game, right? Very rarely did Minshew look comfortable in the pocket. They always pressured him. Um, they forced some bad throws. And Minshew obviously got out of some of them. Credit to him. But... Really, really impressive with this win. I thought it would be a close game. It was a blowout. So the Lions finally did take advantage of a bad team. We've been talking about this for a while now, and they did finally do it, and they, like, blew them out, too. Yeah, It wasn't a close game, so that, that that's that's big. That yeah. was huge, yeah. And they, um, got off to, and they got off to their hot start. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, before we jump into the oopsie-doopsie and ball of the week, I just want to give a shout-out to my section, man, in that stadium, section 141. 
I'm, I'm sure if anybody was watching the game after we scored that first touchdown and Prater went up to kick, did anybody like those? Did you notice? Yeah, the, we the heard it. The, Prater, the Prater Prater, yeah. That was section 141. <laughs> section 141. So shout out to everybody that was there, man. I know um section um in one twenties or maybe like one twenty one. That's when my that's when my dog um Lions main he was over there and he was showing out. I mean that stadium was pumping, man. Whole bunch of one pride was out there, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually yeah. interested. I'm actually interested to see because I believe Atlanta's allowing fans. So we'll see how the one pride shows up there. I know none of us are going to that game, so we won't see no, them. No, I'm person, not going. But, but uh, yeah, I, I talked to people and they said they're going to that game too. I'm like, man, salute to you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few of them said that you're going out there, so we'll see how that turnout is. That's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be another huge because if the Lions could pull that one out, I just want to see the fans' reaction. I just want to oh. see like who's bought it and who's still on the fence. You know, not Lions if they, if they go on a two game winning streak. I just want to sit back with popcorn and just sit back and watch and just see how the fans are. No, no. If you beat Atlanta, we're talking about a whole different story at this point. You know, maybe the narrative has changed at this point. I mean. That's just we ought to see. That's that, that, on Sunday. That, yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's 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 that'll be the episode that we have next. We'll talk more talk more into that. Well, we got the preview. We got the preview, and then that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'll say this about Atlanta: they're a lot better, I think, than their one in five record shows. I think their head coach was just an idiot when they fired him. Um, they they look different. They they're really talented. I'm still kind of scouting them a little more, but like I've looked a little into them, and they are talent. They're a talented team. I I said I had a question for you guys. And and you guys kind of answered it for me a little bit, but when I, so the question is, what does this staff have to do for you to be comfortable and you know maybe buy back in? What do they What do they have to do? They need to consistently win. You know, Uh, they got to stop the run again. They have to prove that they could even like they have to like how do I say this? They need to pressure the quarterback, continue to blitz, continue to mix up your coverages Um, offensively kind of just mix it up as well uh, maybe Babel needs to get less predictable special teams has been great except maybe Prater he's missed what he's the old for three on 50 plus yard field goals I think 55 and plus something like that that's I mean that's not really a big concern but you wish he'd kind of maybe make some of those overall though they, they just need to like they need to um they need to work on stopping the run that's still a big concern to me I, I know they stopped against Jacksonville but we talked about how when Jacksonville loses the lead, they stop running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so because after that, they only ran. They only James Robson only had I think twelve carries from that mistaken. Yeah, he so, didn't run the ball that often. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, they proved they could stop it, but it wasn't a big sample size. It was only um, it was only a few carries. It wasn't a lot of carries. They need to prove that against Gurley. They need to prove that against in the Colts offensive lines. A different animal. We'll get into that like going a little ahead right now, but. They need to prove they could stop the run. They need to prove they could mix up their coverages. Um, don't get too predictable on the offense. And just win, you know, be consistent, win, tackle, just the basic fundamentals. I know this is like basic talk, what I'm talking about, but that's what football is. You win in the trenches, you win the games. Yeah, and they haven't shown that, obviously, at a consistent level. So I think my uh, key word would be con- stay consistent. Be consistent, and how, re- how do you respond to this? So um, we'll see. Um, I mean, that's like my biggest thing. And for me, I mean, I was never bought out. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, for a fan base, for a fan base that's bought out majority, what do you tell the fan base for them, you know, to buy back in? Or what do you need to see for them to buy back in and the coaching staff, front office in general, I guess, and everything? I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're the type of fan that judges the first two, three, 
three weeks, three, four weeks of a season, and then you can completely tune yourself out for a bit. I mean, the only thing you can hope for is that they turn around and start winning, right? Or if you're a type of fan that just looks at the first couple of weeks and say, you know what, it's only the first couple of weeks, you know, who knows, you know, they could turn around. I mean, this is football, you know, they, they won't be the first team to ever turn a season around after losing the first few games, you know, right. again, I mean, like we, we watched the Lions in 2016, you know, go on five and 2013. That was 2013. Oh, you said what year? Oh, 2016, 2016. Yeah, they started yeah, one and three. Yeah, we we started over zero and five, right? One and three. Twenty fifteen, we started zero and five. Okay. Made the playoffs in sixteen, though. The one and three start. Yeah, yeah one and three start. So again, I mean, I don't look too 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 much into the first few weeks of football. I think guys are still trying to get a get a rhythm of it, and still trying to you know get comfortable with the, what they're doing. And when once guys hit that mid season form, and I always talk about that, I talked about the mid season form. That's when you start seeing who's a who, who's the real contenders are. So the Lions, what they need to do is just keep doing what they're doing. What they did last week, just build off that. Just keep building off that, and they'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into Oopsie Doopsie and Ball of the Week, and I think that's about it. All right. Uh, um, or Peter, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with your Ball of the Week. Um, I kind of have three. It was just hard for me. I want to give it to a unit, the, the, uh, the offensive line. The, the unit was great. Um, also, Amani Awarie, we talked about his stats earlier. He was phenomenal. And then, obviously, DeAndre Swift. 100-plus uh, yards rushing the ball, ran with power, uh, ran with speed. It was really nice to see. So I want to give it to those uh, three guys slash units. Okay. That's fair enough. What about the coaching staff? Did they, uh, did they get a co-candidate? Sure, we'll put the coaches <laughs> in there. You know, um, we've been critical of Matt Patricia. And then I even tweeted about it. I was like, I've been critical of him. But, you know, shout out to Matt Patricia. He had a great game plan. But he needs to continue. We've seen these great game plans before. But you, you need to continue. You can't just have two, three good game plans in a year and then just be like, oh, we're going to go back to man again. You need to build off of that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. All right, uh, for my oopsie doops of the week, hey, Mr. Krebs, how you doing, my man? Uh, my oopsie doopsie of the week, you know, this was a tough decision, and you know, I kind of came to the fact that I, you know, straight up really couldn't choose a lion because there wasn't a lion that, you know, stood out. But actually, I could choose a lion. I, I just thought of it right now in my head. You know, I am going to go with this. A Jelani Tobai. Jelani Tobai. Oh, wait, 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 I'm missing somebody. Yeah, Jelani Tavai, yeah, you are the oopsie doopsie of the week. Um, yeah, this this pick is just looking worse and worse every week. I mean, he just doesn't look like he's developed one bit since year one to year two. Um, I don't even know what to say about him, man. He he just looks lost. He looks bad. He's slow. Like, he's not doing anything right for this team right now. And I hate to say it, Um because he's still like a year two player, but he's just straight up not playing well. And, you know, uh, usually this is like Will Harris's territory or Jared Davis, but those guys are not really even playing anymore, so I can't give it to them anymore. And July and is like the only guy that's, you know, noticeably bad and still playing. So I guess July and Tavai has taken over the crown of Oopsie Doops the Week since, you know, the, they won a game. I can't give it to Patricia. You know, he he has the trophy right now. Um, And Jelani Tavai is, you know, I guess – 
the I don't know, he's crown dukes doopsie. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. But yeah, it's only surprise crown dukesy doopsie of the week. He was bad, and yeah, so that's all I got. He had a really, really, really rough, rough week. Um, there was just one play that that actually was it was mind blowing because he was like, it was like when they were on the um goal line, the, the spy the play. Backwards. Yeah, mm. he was he was, a, he was a QB spy for for Minshew. I mean, it's not tough. I mean, Minshew is not like the speediest guy ever. You know, it's not a really tough, a tough assignment. So mm. when he got his ankles broken, <laughs> I was just like, my God, <laughs> man, this is, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Like, well, well look, we're playing like I, Kyler Murray. <laughs> how you gonna let, how you let him break your ankles like that? You know, it's yeah. tough. I, I just want to see what they do with them going forward. Like, will, will his snaps be limited? Will they give it to Raglan? I, I don't know. Yeah, Raglan is actually, uh, he's played well. Raglan and Collins have, I mean, Collins has played in another level, but Raglan is playing some solid football. Yeah, I mean, Collins is taking over everybody's spot. Yeah, nobody, Collins is Nobody's just, linebacker spot safe. He's the I've middle linebacker. Like, he's the right linebacker. He's a jack. He's everywhere. Yeah. Defensive tackle, three tech. <laughs> yeah, defensive tackle, he's everywhere. Yeah. I've noticed when Collins and Harmon play well, the defense plays well. I just kind of noticed that a little. Um, versus Arizona, they both played well. They won. That was because of the defense. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was a team effort, but he they both played well yesterday and they won. So it, it was. It's just interesting. Um, those guys just, I guess, need to play well and win every game. No, I'm kidding, but hopefully they build off it. You know, Harmon was great uh, yesterday. Yeah, he showed some uh, vintage Glover coin to me a little bit. You know, playing that center field role. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I said when we first – that was my favorite move of the offseason. I told you guys that. I was like, Harmon is my favorite move because I see some – I think he'll be the Glover Quinn of this defense. You know, he's smart, has a high football IQ, gets the ball. They call him the closer because he gets picks. Yeah, he, he plays just like a center fielder, like in baseball. He's just like – that's how Glover Quinn was too, in like that center yeah. field role. Yeah. That's how exactly Harmon is, you know, done. And that's kind of what I expected, honestly, so – Because someone came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> you know what time it is, everybody. Is that time for the voicemails? Um, you guys called. We have answers. Um, just going to the first voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Jeff again. Um, first of all, good, uh, good uh, win from the boys today. Um, especially uh, Swift and Kenny and uh, you know they, they, those two really balled out uh, Warrior did really good too he had a really good game on the defensive side um, you know I don't want to I don't want to take it away from him I, I, I don't and I hate being the Debbie Downer but I, you know you, you got to be careful going forward mentally with this team um, we've seen it before where out of nowhere the Lions will put together an, an, an incredible game against, you know, a team like the Patriots, for instance, was it a year or two ago. Um, you know, we saw it with Arizona a couple weeks ago. Um, and then all of a sudden, the wheels fall off the next week, you know, i.e. the Saints game. Um, not to mention, it was Jacksonville. Um, you know, I think, mo- I think most people had the Lions over Jacksonville in this game. Um, and that's being non-biased. Um, 
you know, I think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a potential they could beat Atlanta. You know, they're not playing good football at all, but, you know, they still got Julio Jones. Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback, not one of the greats, but not bad. Um, you know, I think they, you know, I obviously think, think they could handle Washington. So, I mean, yeah, I get it. Our schedule's not the hardest going forward, but that could also lure you into a sense of false security in terms of like, oh, all of a sudden the team's winning, we're doing good, and then all of a sudden they go out to Green Bay and they get smacked. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll play them home the next game. But, um, you know, just because we can beat the bad teams, you know, Jacksonville, Washington, maybe Atlanta, we'll see how that game goes, um, doesn't make us a good football team. Those are the games you should win. What makes us a good football team, what makes, you know, good coaches, good coaches is being able to beat the best teams in the league, the Saints, um, you know, the Chiefs, you know, teams like, being able to beat teams like that, which Patricia has time and time again proven he can't. So good win today from the boys. I'm proud of them, uh, especially DeAndre Swift having a huge game. But um, just got to be careful mentally going forward with this team. All right, man. And you know what? I agree with you, man. The thing is, though, and you know what the what the Detroit Lions is that they they just gotta you know play their schedule out. And even though the schedule is is, is softer, I think they have probably I think they you know compared to the other team in the league, I think they have the most easiest schedule in the league. They just gotta handle business. Even the good coaches, you're still supposed to beat the team that you're supposed to beat. You know because. You know, if we go out this against the Jaguars and we lose against the Jaguars, now everybody's really upset. You know, now everybody's saying, well, we can't even beat the Jaguars. Well, you know, good coaches, they're able to handle business. So they, if it's a bad team, good team, whoever's in front of them that week, we got to go out there and handle business. And, you know, our, the way our schedule is set up, we don't have a lot of those tough teams in front of us. I mean, the rest of the schedule, we're looking at, what, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers. What the Titans and then the Colts? I think those are probably the hardest teams we play this, the rest of the year. Everybody else is just like you said, Washington, the the Minnesota Vikings who are they're in complete shambles right now. We play the Bears again, who is a very winnable game. So again, we just got to handle business. And you know, at that point, you know, if we get to the playoffs, if we do what we're supposed to do, and they do get to the playoffs, then we could talk about beating the win the the, the good teams. But we don't have those guys on our schedule right now. I mean. It just is what it is. Detroit has to go out there and handle business. Let's go to the the very next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Yo, this is uh, Tylo and Ammo from Instagram. I've been following you guys for a while. Um, I just started listening to y'all's podcast. Y'all are doing a great job. Um, this this past game against the Jaguars, I'm I'm honestly surprised. It we looked really really good, but I mean I know it's Jaguars, but. It, it still surprised me. That's how horrible this, this team has been besides that Arizona game. Um, but I wanted to touch on with you guys about, you know, some of the buzz surrounding Stafford. Um, I've heard some buzz about, you know, oh, he's not looking good. He's, you know, he isn't elite no more. I agree with those last two statements, but I'm hearing buzz like, you know, lines need to trade them, get rid of them, you know. When 
you know, I, I used to play football and, you know, I, I aspire to be a coach. And, and one of the main fundamentals I know, you know, Lions have a lot of problems right now. And one of the main fundamentals I know is uh, don't try to fix what isn't broken. I know Stafford has looked a little off this year. I agree with that completely. But he nine touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's somewhere north of 1,200 yards right now. Which, through five games, that ain't bad. That's better than most quarterbacks out there. And, you know, I want the Lions to get rid of Patricia and Quinn. And I... I agree with you guys. You know, it isn't fair if he goes through another rebuild. It isn't fair at all. But you look at the Lions from top to bottom. The next GM, if they keep a lot of the pieces around and are able to work with it, they don't have much rebuilding to do other than, obviously, the culture and the front seven of the defense. You know, they need to blitz more. They need to uh, they need to rebuild that entire D-line including it letting possibly letting Trey Walker uh, not uh not Trey Walker uh Trey Flowers walk. I don't know what, what do you guys think? That that's interesting. Um and the reason why I say that let's just start from Stafford Stafford's point of view um Stafford they can't they can't trade him this year because he would hold I believe it was like 24 million off the cap. If they were to release him this year, it would be something that they would have to do next year. If they were, if they're even thinking about moving on from him. Now, Stafford's performance, the first, his first five games. I, I mean, I know, I know we all have different perspectives on Stafford right now. A lot of people are expecting the 2019 Stafford. Now, the thing is, and I said this time and time again, Stafford's a guy who hasn't played football since week eight of last year. You know, he's been out with injury. He hasn't played anybody. He came this year, practiced against his own defense, who I think we could all agree that that defense has been a mess. So I don't even know what he's been practicing against. And he hasn't played, you know, there was no training camp, no OTAs, no preseason, no nothing. And I know everybody I know everybody went through that. Every, every quarterback didn't have preseason. But the thing is, Stafford missed multiple. He missed time. He missed all almost, you know, half almost half a year last year. So I'd still I'm I'm not really too worried about Stafford. I think Stafford just you know gets back in a rhythm. Uh, I I said it earlier that I think he needs to go through a stretch where he's not you know turning the ball over. He goes through maybe like two or three games, maybe four games that he has like no interceptions, but has two or three touchdowns. It's gonna balance out his numbers and it's gonna make his numbers look better. And he's gonna make the throws that he's supposed to make. You know Stafford will get there. He's not he's the the, the least of my problems. Um, Trey Flowers. They they they're locked they locked in the trade flowers for a while, man. Um, they, the way they, the way his contract is set up, he he's gonna be a line for at least two or three more years, man. The, with, with the dead cap, they can't they can't move on from him. I mean, whatever they do is gonna involve trade flowers as well. So that's that. Um, and that looks like that that was the last voicemail. All right, so yeah, that's the last voicemail. Yep. Hope you all enjoyed. All right. All right. I wait, think wait, wait, wait. before yeah. we end off the show. I have to do this, man, because not not only is it Victory Monday, but man, we gotta forward down the field, man. Today's it's Victory Monday, man. Let's forward down the field real quick, man. All one right. time for one pride. One time for Lions fans out there. All right, Let's go. Hey. 
Say what? Go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, on that note, we are out. Thank you guys for all the support. And leave a five star on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And yeah, we're out. Peace. All right, guys. Peace. Uh, enjoy your victory Monday and see you guys. In a couple of days, we'll break down the topics. Peace. Um, guys, I'm out. It's your boy Malcolm. Peace. finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in and all the action at bet online bet online is going an extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads totals to teams and players and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonus today and start wagering on wins divisions and championship futures all day every day Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts.